This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to Shattered Soulstone, episode 108, Just Jen. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash soulbooks2015. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Patreon. Support the Shattered Soulstone. With your support, you can help the show grow. Become a patron today. Patreon.com slash soulstone. Strap in, folks. This is going to be fun. Nevik. Coming to you from a half-empty bottle of white wine. Antonio. I found a nice little trifecta last night in uh, Hardcore that I'm hoping makes me loaded. Dreja. Oh, wait, wait a minute, what happened? It's like, you lose five seconds of your life, you wake up. Chill. It gives you 38.2 yummies per second, with 13 to 38 yummies and 150 nom nom noms per second. Coming to you from the dark recesses of the proverbial Dawn Forge pouch, this is episode 108 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Today is January 20, 2016, and I am your host, Jen, and I am all by myself today, so this will be my very first solo show. I think everybody else has possibly done one. I'm pretty sure they have, so I guess it's my turn tonight. So here I am. You're stuck with hearing only the sound of my voice tonight. I hope that doesn't uh, annoy people too much. Anyway, um, so yeah, I'm going to do a solo show. Uh, for y'all today and although it is my first solo show here I used to do a show by myself that wasn't a gaming show so I'm hoping this won't feel too weird even though like none of the guys are here with me tonight so here we go um I guess I'll start with what I've been up to in game I am playing the season five I did uh choose to do that and I'm playing softcore and I know I've I think I've said in last show that I switch off every season. The first season I played softcore, and then I played hardcore. So we're at softcore now, because I like to alternate. And I like to sort of, you know, see the experience of a season, you know, both ways, I guess, without playing softcore and hardcore at the same time, because that's too much. So doing softcore this season for season five here. And I decided that I was either going to play a monk or I was going to play a witch doctor because I haven't played one of those for a season yet. And I decided to flip a coin. So that, okay, heads will be monk and tails will be witch doctor. And I flipped a coin and it came out heads. So I'm playing a monk. And um, <laughs> I decided to, I didn't want to run out of space. I don't have a lot of characters yet, but I didn't want to come to the point where I feel like I've run out of space or I've got too many characters I never play. So what I did, I had a monk that I created way, way back in the day and way before Reaper of Souls even existed or was talked about, just way far back. And at the time, I think my thought process was that I was getting a lot of gear as I was playing my Barbarian or my Demon Hunter and it was for monks. And I thought, well, you know, I don't have a monk right now. Maybe I'll need this stuff for later, and I'd stick it in the stash. Of course, that didn't work out too well, as that got filled up with other goodies. So what I did was I thought, well, I'll just make a monk, and I'll put all this stuff that's specifically for monks into her bag. And that way, you know, when I get around to it, I can level up this character, and then she'll be able to use all these goodies, and, you know, all set. And I never got back there. So now uh, that we're, you know, embarking upon season five and I've started, you know, okay, that's the character of the class I'm going to play. I'm looking at this old monk that I'd gotten that was probably no more than level 10 and uh, softcore, of course. Uh, and you know, all the stuff she's got in her bag is like gear from way early on when it was harder to find gear and when stuff wasn't as good as when they started changing things. I'm like, you know what, I don't need any of this. I'm just gonna get rid of it all. So I sold it and I deleted the character, started a brand new monk for season five and I took the name over. I named her Pema, uh, which is the name of a Buddhist monk that I've actually met 
uh, when I used to work at a bookstore because she had a book and she'd come in and do a talk and she was very calm and the whole place would just chill it was great so I named my, my monk Pema and uh, started playing season five and uh, so far um, I've played a little bit I finished chapter one of the season journey what I did this time is it starts you off in story mode automatically I think or maybe I just don't realize I can switch that until I get in and go oh right I'm in story mode um, so I started a little bit and played like maybe to level three in story mode because I hadn't played a monk since way back when and I wasn't very good at it then <laughs> you know <laughs> so I started playing just to kind of get the idea of okay what's it like to play a monk and then I immediately switched over to adventure mode and started playing there and started doing uh, the things that are on the seasonal journey and I got through chapter one pretty quickly and that kind of surprised me because I feel like in season four it took me forever and I think part of the reason was I didn't start off going okay right I'm gonna focus on the season journey I was doing other stuff instead I don't remember why exactly um, I think some of it is because Sean and I were playing together and we were looking at story mode and you know we were having fun but it's a big difference if you start directly on story mode and I'm sorry directly in adventure mode and uh, with the season journey so I finished chapter one that's done I am working through chapter two right now um, my monk is at level 45 so she can't complete the three objectives that require you to be level 60 I think one of them is defeat Gom on hard mode and I can't recall what the other two are maybe one is just hitting level 60 I'm not sure but those three you know what I mean I'll get there I'm not there yet I'll get there but the thing that's surprising me so far is it feels like the monk is a lot different than when I played way back in the day. I'm sure there's been tons of changes as time has gone by and I've noticed it just moves very smoothly and the uh, skills kind of make sense to me now whereas they didn't before. Um, so I'm having fun. I didn't know if I would like it or not so far having fun and uh, that's pretty much my progress through season five right now. I did get a cool achievement um, earlier today actually when I was playing and it's called the Wheel of Misfortune achievement and that is one that you get when you uh, complete well I guess the best way to explain it is there's a bounty that has to do with uh, finding five ancient devices in the desolate sands and you go out there and you fight the three uh, blue monsters and then you have to click one of those ancient devices and something pops up and there's a variety of things that'll pop up well if you do that enough then you end up uh, with an achievement wheel of misfortune which is kind of funny like wheel of fortune but not and uh, the the description of the achievement is experience all the possibilities of the ancient device in the desolate sands and I think there's ten of them I think one of them is like a chest full of stuff you know loot and gold and all that goody stuff and uh, I don't know what the rest is I remember there's a few um, it seems to me like an overwhelming amount of them come up with bees which is not fun but anyway so I did this achievement and it's not a seasonal achievement it's a career achievement so I got that one out of the way and that's really all I have to share about where I've been in game and what I've been doing and my reasoning behind it and all of that good stuff so there we are. Um, and I guess I should mention, as I'm going through the show, I don't know how long this will be. If it turns out to be very short, I'll try to stick something on the end. But uh, we'll see when we get there. Let's see how long I can babble about Diablo and not completely drive everyone crazy and make them annoyed. Um, but I do need to mention that our show is sponsored by Audible. And if you're interested in listening to books, you can go to uh, bit.ly slash soulbooks2015. And that's our link. And you use that and you can get a 30-day free trial at Audible. And that will give you one credit um, that you can use in a 30-day free trial period. You can use that credit on one audiobook of your choice, anything you like. And that'll give you kind of an idea of how Audible works and if you like it and what kind of stuff it has and all those kinds of things. If you want to continue after your free 30-day trial, uh, there's, uh, I think there's a monthly fee of $14.95. I'm not sure. I think there's, um, I think there's a couple of different subscription offers. One, you get one credit a month and then others you get more different prices things like that so whatever fits your lifestyle as far as listening to audiobooks they've got over 150,000 titles to choose from so you may find something you like and again after you're done listening to the show you can go check out audible and the link again is bit.ly slash soulbooks 2015
Okay, so we've got just a few tweeters this time, which makes sense because we recorded a show last week, uh, Raja and I did, and so there hasn't been that much time in between to get people, you know, to get a lot of people tweeting. And let's be honest, y'all are playing, you know, you're playing season five, you're not really like doing stuff as much on Twitter, right? You're just playing, sure, I would be, um, probably, but I've been busy with work. So anyway, I'm going to share the few tweets that came in because we really do appreciate all of the interaction that all of our listeners give to us and that we try to give back in the show. So the first one is from at Karova, who tweets at Shattered Stone. Oh, come on. L-O-N equals legacy of nightmares. And this kind of makes me laugh because I remember in the previous show, Brasia and I had run across somebody using L-O-N as an abbreviation and we didn't know what it was. And I remember saying, um, well, somebody will figure out what that is and let us know. And it was Karova that came to our rescue and corrected us on, oh yeah, Legacy of Nightmares. So I'll try to remember that one if I can. Uh, we got a tweet from at Josuki's Hair who tweeted, I'm so jazzed to learn that my old piece of junk computer will run D3. I thought I was going to have to sit this season out at Shattered Stone. Well, I'm glad your computer works. I know how frustrating that can be when your computer won't run things. I can remember a few seasons back, I was running a laptop for everything, for gaming and all my work and everything else. And I was uh, getting updates from all the Blizzard games that I play and it just filled up the laptop and I couldn't run anything and I had to delete, I think I deleted Hearthstone to try to get room at the time because I really wanted to play the season I wasn't even sure it would work um, it did work but I had to delete you know, Hearthstone for a while and a lot of other junk that I just collected onto my computer so I can relate to you know how frustrating it is to have a as you put it Josuki's hair uh, old piece of junk computer and you know I'm glad it runs D3 for you. Sean right now our editor as many of you know is running a really old piece of junk computer to continue the phrase and um, it's not working for video games right now it's working for other things but it's just sad when it comes to video games so he's kind of sitting out this season. I don't know that he's going to be as upset about it as some of us would be. He likes the game, but I don't think he feels like he needs to do every season like I do, and maybe many of you do. Um, so anyway, you know, let us know if it keeps working there, Joe Suki's hair, because if it's a really old computer, I gotta wonder if it's gonna keep playing for you, you know, as well as it is when you started, or, or what will happen. So let us know. The next tweet is from at CKRTech, and this one, uh, is sort of a story, I guess. So CKR Tech tweets at at Torak1714 and at Hometown Hero008 and at Shattered Stone and writes three days ago. And then he has some screenshots. So he's got some screenshots from three days of three days past from when uh when he typed this tweet I just read, and they are screenshots of tweets, of course. And so the first one is from himself at CKR Tech. And he writes, to season five or not to season five? Which kind of cracks me up. I just want to say that is the question and go on with Hamlet's little speech, you know. But So that's what he tweeted, to season five or not to season five? And uh, he got a response from at Torak1714, who responded with, meh. And then he also, at uh, Torek1714, responded again to at CKRTech and said, not for me. So it appears that Torek was not interested in season five. And there's like little screenshots of it that I guess CKRTech thought was kind of funny and I think it's kind of amusing. And here we are sharing it with all of you now. The story kind of continues. At Hometown Hero 8 responded to that whole series of tweets from at CKRTech and writes uh, tweets at Torek1714 at Shattered Stone about an hour after you start season five, your Paragon 40. So I'm guessing maybe Torek, did you start season five after saying meh? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I hope you're having fun if you did do it. So we've got a couple more tweets in here. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, at Walkman8 included us uh, at Shattered Stone in a tweet uh, responding to a tweet from at the West March Workshop, WM Workshop. Uh, so the, the tweet from West March Workshop said, 
How are you guys enjoying season five so far? Anything surprising you either positively, um, anything surprising you either positively or negatively? And then red hashtag Diablo. So at Walkman Eight responds uh, to at the West March workshop uh, at the WM workshop and says destroying seasons with the at Shattered Stone Clan and friends. Demon Hunter, de- Demon Helters, yeah, Demon Hunters <laughs> melt everything. Loving the power creep and new items. So that was his response to that. Sounds like he's having a lot of fun with season five. And we've got one more regular tweet in here, and that one is from at eg underscore acefisher1, who writes, Only a few hours into Season 5, and my wizard is further in on rift progress and gear than I was all last season, at Diablo and at Shattered Stone. So sounds like things are going well for you, too. And that's good to hear. You know, I want to hear that people are having a good time with the new season and that things are working and moving along and... You know, everybody's reaching their goals and all that kind of thing. Um, you know, you want to hear that. It would be kind of sad if everyone was, like, frustrated and having tech issues like uh, lag and things like that, you know? So that's good. It sounds like Season 5 is off to a good start for at least those of you that had tweeted to our show. And we do appreciate all the tweets and all the interactions that we get. Last show, we had a question of the show. And that question was actually two questions kind of put together. The first one was, what class will you play in Season 5? And the second question going along with it was, will you do softcore or hardcore? So those were the questions of the show kind of smushed together into one question. And we did get a couple of responses on that, so I'll read those off. Uh, The first one is from at Blue who tweeted at Shattered Stone, I'm ready to go back to Demon Hunter, lost interest in Wizard, so going back to what I know I enjoy this season. And that's always a good idea to go back to what you know you enjoy. I Last season in season four, I started with a wizard, which I'm not very good at. Um, it just doesn't feel very intuitive to me, and I eventually went back to the Barbarian, which I'm used to and that I know I enjoy. So there's something to be said about just go with what you know and what you like and have a good time. Um, the next tweet is actually from me, and I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. So I tweeted out, at Shattered Stone, flipped a coin for Season 5, heads for Monk, tails for Witch Doctor. The coin picked Monk. And I'm including this in here because we got a re- tweet response from our own at Nevik James, who responded with this, at Shattered Stone. Good thing no one noticed that I replaced that coin with a two-sided heads coin. So that's Nevik's comment in there. And, you know, it kind of cracked me up at first because it's just so Nevik, right? But also because, you know, Nevik's not on this show that I'm recording right now. However, he still managed to get in, you know, a a, uh, complaint about the Witch Doctor in an indirect way. So that's creative. I mean, you know, you got to give him... Give him points for creativity on that one. (laughs) So there it is. And we have one last tweet in regards to the question of the show. And that one is from at Josuki's hair, who tweets, probably going to hop on the bandwagon and main a melee demon hunter for season five. This class is way too fun not to at Shattered Stone. So we've got, let's see. Uh, we've got two demon hunters here in the responses. Nobody really mentioned if they're doing hardcore or softcore, so I'm not sure whether to just assume everyone's playing hardcore or if people just didn't care enough to clarify that. Um, it's interesting, though. So let's see. So now we need a question for the next show that uh, people can answer. Of course, if you're just picking this up now and you want to answer the question from the previous show, which, again was two questions mushed together. What class will you play in Season 5? And will you do softcore or hardcore? Uh, You can answer that one, and we'll include it in next show. So, the question for our upcoming episode that's yet to be recorded will be... How long did it take you to get through the season journey? And you can respond with uh, how long it took you to get through Chapter 4, where you get the pet or how long it took you to get all the way through everything, if you've gotten that far. Let us know. I think it'd be interesting to see kind of where people are in terms of how far this is. I know as I've been uh, watching Twitter since Season 5 started, it seems to me a whole lot of people just zoomed through that 
right away and got real far. So I'm just wondering, like, did it take you, like, did you get it all done the first night? Did you just get through the first four chapters the first night? Are you still working on it like I am? You know, where are you at? So how long did it take you to get through the seasonal journey? That'll be the question for the next show. And this is the interesting thing about doing a solo show, which none of you will know just happened, but I'm just going to mention it because it's kind of strange. Um, first, so far, I haven't done any roboting. Don't know why. I'm actually connected to Skype just in case anybody's able to pop in, but um, it hasn't happened yet. It doesn't mean it won't, but it hasn't. The other thing is I actually stopped my recording for a second so I could type in the question of the show before I forgot it, the one for next week. Um, and when I was ready to start recording again, I almost started recording. Well, I in fact did start recording over what I'd already said. And so I'm like freaking out going, wait, no, stop. What button do I hit? Because I'm not super familiar with uh, Reaper that I'm using to record this. So that was kind of like, oh no, you know, one attempt at the show and it's already trashed and we're not even 20 minutes in. And I don't know what I would do at that point. I think I'd just be really disappointed with myself if I couldn't manage, but managed to hit enough buttons to make it go. So you'll be able to hear this as we go on, as I go on. I guess I'm used to there being more people here than me. Anyway, to continue, I'm going to do a very quick uh, Patreon reminder. Um, we are still running a Patreon campaign where you can help support the show. You can become a patron of the Shattered Soulstone by going to patreon.com soulstone and making a monthly pledge. Each and every pledge truly is greatly appreciated. So we want to say thank you again um, as a show on, you know, on behalf of those that aren't here today uh, for everyone who is contributing to that. And, you know, we really do appreciate and we're going to try really hard to get things, you know, get shows out there for you as we go on through 2016. We did not get any emails this time around, which isn't too surprising because, like I said, we actually did a show last week after not doing one for a while, so sometimes that slows down the emails. It's understandable, you know, it makes sense. And of course, everybody's playing season five, so um, and it's understandable that that's where your efforts and your attention are when you think about Diablo, so it's all good. But if you would like to share uh, something with us through email, you can do that. Show at ShatteredSoulStone.com and that'll send it to all of us and then we can read it and respond to it in the next episode and you know feel free to tell us about the cool stuff that happened while you were playing season five uh let us know if you're not playing season five what you're doing in game that would be interesting to find out and anything else you know kind of related to d3 would be good to hear so if you want to let us know we'll be happy to read it off in our next episode okay and i've got a few uh blue notes to read from uh, people that work for Blizzard <laughs> and that are relevant to this. Um, Nevelistus uh, wrote, you know, Season 5 is now live over on Battle.net and uh, we know that, of course, by now as you're hearing this, but she had also added, um, you know, I, I think most of us who care to look at the sort of notes for the season or the uh, thing that lists all the cool stuff you can get. I think by now, if you wanted to look at that, you probably have, you've probably looked it over, you probably know, you know, what uh, what's part of season five, and you've probably done quite a bit of it, to be honest, at this point. <laughs> um, but there were also comments that she made underneath that blog, or that, um, yeah, you know, to clarify some things that had gone on. So in case you didn't know, here's a few things that Nevelistics clarified on that particular blog. Um, she writes, only one class set may be earned per season, as season journey progress is account-wide. And I know last show I was kind of confused about, well, could you just do one, you know, of every class and get all those sets? No, you can't. So to be absolutely certain, you know, coming from uh, a more reliable source than me, Nevelista says, no, you can't do that. It's only one class set that can be earned uh, per season. So choose wisely, you know, as far as what character you want to get the set pieces on. Um, and then she also said uh, that the additional stash tab, remember you're supposed to be getting stash tabs as the seasons go on here, the additional stash tab is unlocked at the Conqueror level of the season journey. So if you don't get through the Conqueror level, you don't get that additional stash tab. It's not an automatic, I played in the season, I get a stash tab. It's, it's you have to get through the Conqueror level in order to get that. 
She also noted that unlocking the pet requires completing chapter four of the season journey. So if you get through chapter four, you get an awesome little pet to play around with and have follow you around and do whatever it does. I'm kind of looking forward to get the pet, getting the pet because it's just kind of fun to have you know, this little whatever creature running around behind you that uh, you know doesn't really get in your way and, and doesn't help you fight, but it's still kind of neat. Um, it looks like it's kind of a tree sort of thing this time. Um, I think. So, I don't know. It, it looked kind of neat. I, I'll be interested to see what kind of animation it has and like what little sounds it makes. If I get through Chapter 4, which I'm hoping to do, I did last season, even though I started really, really late. Um, so I think I might be able to manage that one. And the last uh, note of clarification she made on the uh, blog about Season 5 she says that the PTR is no longer active as of, uh, that was written on January 19th, 2016. So if you didn't play season five and you thought, well, I'll just stay in the PTR, you know, it's, it's not there anymore. It's gone. Um, you know, all the, everything's been released. So I guess they don't need to test that for now. I'm sure it'll be back when they do another test on something new coming up, but right now it's gone. So there we are. There's another thing that I wanted to point out. Uh, Kauza, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, K-A-U-Z-A, he posted in the Diablo forums at battle.net about achievement toasts. And I remember going, what's an achievement toast? It sounds like food, you know, <laughs> but that's not what it is at all. Uh, apparently there's been an issue with the achievement toast. So here's what he wrote, and I'll just read it off because it's pretty short. There is currently an issue impacting what we call achievement toasts the large flashy pop-ups that alert you that an achievement has been earned during gameplay. Under some circumstances, these achievement toasts will not appear for players as they complete the requirements for achievements. This issue affects only the achievement toast itself. The achievement will still be earned and can be viewed elsewhere in the game. We are currently investigating a fix and hope to have it ready soon. So that's what he posted. Did any of the rest of you notice that happening as you were playing through Season 5? I know that as I was going through, I was waiting to take a screenshot when I knew I'd get uh, one or of the... Um, it's not achievements. Maybe it is an achievement if it's an achievement toast. But, uh, you know, one of the things done that's on the seasonal journey, you know, I, okay, I'm about to level the blacksmith. Here we go. You know, that kind of thing. And I'm like waiting to take a screenshot. And sometimes it would pop up like it did in season four as expected. And I noticed sometimes it didn't pop up. And I really wasn't sure like what happened. The first time I, I think this occurred, I like hit the wrong button. So instead of taking a screenshot, I had like, you know, the tab hitting the map on the screen and, and whatever. And by the time I'd straightened all that out, whatever the achievement thing was, would have been gone. So I don't know if that was it or not. But I know like there was one where I, I think I leveled at the same time that I got the achievement and that achievement toast did not pop up at all. And I thought it was weird, but then when I went to check the season journey, it was there. It was it counted um, you know, the game recognized that I'd accomplished that even though the the achievement toast didn't pop up. And it made me kind of nervous going, "Wait a minute, if it didn't work, do I have to do this again?" So I don't know if any of you've had that problem. Um, but that's kind of what's been going on. They know about it. They're trying to fix it. And they hope to have it ready soon, as they say, soon TM, right? <laughs> Whenever soon will be. And then I've got another blue, uh, blue note to uh, read off that seemed pretty interesting. This one was just posted today, and uh, it has to do with the console. Now I know I read through some of the forums uh, where people were saying that they're playing Diablo 3 on the consoles. I don't remember if which if it was one console that was having a problem or, or both versions um but people were saying that there were there were issues going on i didn't quite understand exactly what the issues were uh because i don't play on the console but it seemed like it was pretty significant people were upset and a lot of people were reporting it so today there was a forum post called console hot fixes updated and that was written by nevelistus and she wrote the following Several hotfixes have been deployed to the Ultimate Evil Edition on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. As we know, some of you have been eagerly awaiting this news. We've consolidated this news in one place for your convenience. These hotfixes should not require you to download a new patch. 
Some of the hotfixes below will go live the moment they are implemented, while others may require restarting the game to go into effect. Please keep in mind that some issues cannot be addressed without a client-side patch. Also note that changes to certain abilities will not be reflected in this tooltip until a patch is issued. So it sounds like some things have been fixed that they're aware of, but some things are not yet fixed. Um, so here's uh, a little list that went with it about things that had changed or might change or that they think they fixed. One of them is the zombie dog should now spawn the proper number of pets and matches in line with PC functionality. Okay, so that's one. Um, another one has to do with the dungeon of Firebird's Finery. They fixed an issue where completing the objective to set 20 enemies on fire six times would prevent the objective to hit enemies with the revive meteor from tracking. So they had one canceling out the other. That's never good. I wonder how that happened. <laughs> how did that get, you know, this far without people noticing? But they fixed it. Another one has to do with the Dungeon of Roland's Legacy. And they've fixed an issue where players would not always be properly... Pro would not always properly be prompted. Try saying that three times fast. <laughs> An issue where players would not always be prop always yeah, um, with the completion window if they kill all monsters before the time expires. They've also fixed an issue where Karn Evil would impact non-witch doctor pets summoned by items, which isn't supposed to happen, so they've fixed it. They fixed an issue where fetishes could stop casting poison dart while using the Karn Evil legendary voodoo mask. And they fixed an issue where taking fatal damage in a set dungeon could cause the set dungeon to be empty the next time it was entered. I didn't know that was happening at all. I was sort of aware of the carnival thing, but yeah, how disappointing, you know? You die in a dungeon, you come back, and nobody's there for you to, you know, to kill and to complete the dungeon on. That's that's a bummer. I'm glad they fixed that. As far as the um, set pieces and stuff, the other thing I guess I may as well share since I have time. Um, <laughs> I was playing um, early yesterday morning, I think it was, and I played through the new section of Leoric's mansion. I can't remember the name of it exactly, but you know what I mean, right? And I'm going through there thinking, hmm, what's this? What's it going to do? I'd actually gotten into that area because of a bounty that had nothing to do with it at all whatsoever. And my monk was like level 40. So I wasn't quite at 70 or at anything, you know, high enough to do a whole lot yet. But I went through it and I thought it was kind of neat the way the rooms um, are set up and that the the monsters, the skeletons in there look the same pretty much, but they've got different names. It's like royal something and all of this, and it kind of felt like they were trying to do a storyline in there with, uh, you know, here's here's Leoric's, you know, um, people, I guess, or guards or whatever. And the other thing I thought was interesting, if I don't know if you've gone through this, maybe you have by now, um, when you go in, it looks like Queen Asilla is right there in front of you. She's like standing there holding her head in her hand like she does in the uh, the dungeon you find her in with the warden, that area. She starts that one off. That one, you know, Queen Asilla. And it looks like she's there in this new section of Leoric's mansion. And you get close and she just disappears and like moves really fast away. And I was really hoping there was going to be a storyline with that, you know, like you follow her through this and then you get to an area and maybe there's a journal that explains something that we don't know yet or a new piece of story or something like that and it didn't happen so that was kind of disappointing i mean it it's not like they had to make more story but you know me i'm very into the lore of the game and how the characters histories all match and go together and all of that stuff so i was hoping that you know if queen asilla's in here Shouldn't there be something, you know, more about her that we can learn from this? But no, there wasn't. At least not for me. Now, I suppose it's possible that this could change if uh, maybe when I get to 70 or something like that. Or maybe if I, I don't know, can you access this in story mode? Maybe story comes out there. I haven't tried doing it in story mode yet, so I'm not sure. But maybe that's where more story is. But it just felt kind of weird to be like, wait, there's Queen Asilla. Why is she here? Is she not in the dungeon? Is... Is this the ghost of the ghost of Queen Asilla <laughs> running through this area? And it was kind of strange, but I don't know. I don't know what it's supposed to mean. I'm kind of wondering about it. And this is what gets me to start, like, you know, 
asking questions about characters and writing stuff and doing more lore corners and things like that because I want to know how it fits. If any of you have the answer to that little mystery, you know, what's Queen Asilla doing in that section of the game? Um, and is there more story there that I'm not seeing because of the character that I was playing wasn't high level yet? Let me know. I'd be very interested in hearing about that. And I will try to dig up what I can uh, as I can. So that, that was kind of interesting. But the other thing was, I didn't realize that that new section of the game is where you need to go to access this, the access the set dungeons um, until I found the uh, the little podium with the book on it. And I thought it was like, or maybe it's a lectern. You know, you, you hit it, a little book drops, and you hear, you know, some story. And if you've got them all, then you get gold instead. But this one, it just kept telling me I wasn't, like, I can't remember the exact phrase, but it was something like, you are not properly attired for this dungeon. And I'm like, wait a minute, you know? <laughs> it was kind of weird. Um, but then I, it dawned on me that what this is trying, the game was trying to say was you need to have the set pieces before you can start messing around with this. I had no idea that once you get the set pieces, you have to go to this section of the game in order to access those dungeons. And I figure I'm not the only person that didn't know that. So uh, in case that was new to you, maybe that's helpful. Um, if not, maybe it's just a amusing, hopefully amusing story about me wondering about the game in strange ways. But I really do want to know more about why is Queen Asilla here and over there in two places in the game at the same time? And how do you get a ghost of a ghost running through here? Maybe it's not her. It just kind of looked like her. But these are the things I think about. Okay, so I do have two other links here that are not from people who work for Blizzard. Um, they're from the community, and I like the community. So uh, what we've got, there is a video that was done by Leviathan, a name probably all of you know or have heard of. He's pretty well known in the community. And the video is on his YouTube channel. It's called Diablo 3, How to Get Your Six-Piece Set Through Hadrig's Gift. And you can watch the video to see how that goes. It's very easy to understand. He does a good job of explaining it. Um, he explained things that I kind of guessed at but didn't really know. Like, you don't get the whole six-piece set in one drop. It's like when you get through certain parts of the seasonal journey, you'll get in your mail, I think, you'll get parts of the six-piece set. So that was kind of um, enlightening to know about. Uh, I was wondering, you know, do you get one piece every chapter? And then I didn't get it the first chapter when I finished. I was like, what did I do wrong? But no, that's not how it works. So go watch that if you're at all confused about, you know, how these set pieces drop, when they drop, what triggers them. And in addition, you know, how to go through and, you know, get the six piece set pretty quickly. He explains it incredibly well. And I'll put that, uh, I'll put the video into the show notes as well as links to all this other great stuff. So you can check it out later if you want to. And then the last thing that I've got for today is uh, Kira Panda. You may remember Kira Panda. She's done different foods that have to do with Diablo and with World of Warcraft as well and possibly other Blizzard games. Um, and then she she literally like takes a concept from the game or an item in the game and then creates food in the real world that kind of resembles it or you know matches up in some way. So what she's done is uh, she reminded us all at the start of season five about the Haradric hamburger that she originally posted on her Eat Game Live blog. We can find all of these recipes um, in 2013. And so the, the, Haradric, the Haradric hamburger is a jalapeno burger and um, it's just kind of neat. She's got a screenshot in the blog about the Herodric hamburger dagger that you know exists in the game, and then she altered it to uh, you know. There's a whole thing here about you know all the exactly what you need um, for to make this, and kind of her thought process on it, why she chose certain ingredients over others. Um, you know, she's she said that. Uh, let's see. I don't know. It, 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 there's a good explanation in here about why she chose, uh, you know, she thought it would be spicy instead of bland and all this other stuff and how much stuff, you know, ingredients you need and all that other good stuff. There's a, you know, a build order in there for you. And um, she then altered the Herodric hamburger to reflect her creation. So this is where, if you've heard in the intro, uh, me saying that it has 38.2 yummies per second and 1.50 nom nom noms per second. That's what this comes from, is from Kier Panda's blog about the Herodric hamburger, which sounds pretty good. So I'll link to that 
uh, if any of you want to make it or just check it out. But I just thought it was kind of interesting because I realized that that's actually part of our intro is me saying these things that sound really funny out of context. That's what it came from. So anyway, go check that out. She's got a lot of different foods in there you might enjoy that are game related and it's just kind of fun. Okay, so as far as that, um, I think that's as far as I'm going to get with this episode. I'm going to need to put uh, probably a lower corner on the end, which will be fun to do too, actually. So I'm going to close this out, and then if you want to hear the lower corner, stick around, and it'll be attached to the end of the show. You have been listening to episode 108 of The Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Want to join us in-game? Join our in-game community aptly named Shattered Soulstone. You know, you may figure we wanted to keep it simple. Um, So feel free to post short missives up on the community board and join the chat channel to talk with other folks from the community in-game. This show is powered by you, the listener. Send in your contributions, thoughts, questions, and feedback to show at shatteredsoulstone.com. We love Twitter, so come and join and tweet with us. You can find the show Twitter at Shattered Stone. That's all one word, Shattered Stone. It's not Shattered Soul Stone. And it's not Shattered Stone underscore, which somebody else out there on Twitter is using, but that is not us, so I don't really know. Um, You'll probably be able to figure out if you haven't tweeted with us, you haven't joined Twitter or whatever, you'll see our little show icon and know it's us. So that's at Shattered Stone is the show Twitter. Uh, I'm at Queen of Haiku. My account's currently private, and it's going to stay that way. But if I can figure out who you are, if you're a listener of the show, then you know if you send me a follow request, then of course I'll go with that. If I know who you are, if I can figure it out, and I did figure it out for somebody this week, so it's it's possible. <laughs> um, so anyway, I'm at Queen of Haiku. Nevik is at Nevik James. Breja is at the underscore Breja, and Lantonio is at at Lantonio. We would like to extend a huge thank you to Medros of Dawnforge Productions for hosting our Loot Deviant show. You can find more shows from the Dawnforge at thedawnforge.com. Thank you for listening to me Babylon for however long it's been in this show. Until next time, from all of us here at the Shattered Soulstone, even those who aren't actually in this episode, I'm sure they'll be back next time. But from all of us here, keep on... Chasing ghosts. You are listening to Jen's Lore Corner number seven, and this one is about an NPC called Mayor Hollis. One of the things that I really like about Diablo 3 is they'll take little characters like this and give them an entire story that makes you care about the character, even though it's just an NPC that you see you know, here and there and can easily skip past if you choose to, with one exception. Um, so I thought it was kind of neat. And his story is very different than I expected it would be when I took a close look at it. He actually evolves. You know, Blizzard could have just left this as an NPC and moved on. But they gave him a lot of character development. So that's why I chose uh, Mayor Hollis for number seven of my lore corner. So to start off, uh, the first time you run into Mayor Hollis is in Act 1. Very early on in Act 1. And I'm going to say you should do this in story mode to get the whole the whole thing. Um, so he's standing, Mayor Hollis is standing near the inn next to a cart that's full of his belongings. And the primary purpose of this character is to prevent players from running through the streets of New Tristram before they complete the first handful of quests. So basically, he's a roadblock. That's why he's in the game, at least at the start. That might have been his primary purpose, and maybe that's all they were going to do, but they did more. So he's a roadblock. Now, when you take a look at Mayor Hollis, you can see a man who was, until very recently, living a life of comfort. He lives in New Tristram, a town where food has become extremely scarce. Many of the villagers and the drunk guy in the inn, they're they're very skinny. They look like they haven't had enough to eat for a really long time. And we know that Captain Rumford has had to ration food for both the villagers and the guards. Yet Mayor Hollis looks like he's been getting his nutritional needs met. My best guess is maybe everyone in Tristram looked about as healthy as Mayor Hollis does, 
back before the dead started rising from their graves. And it's not unheard of for mayors to live in larger homes than the ones that the townspeople live in. So Mayor Hollis might have had a large pantry full of food before things got bad. He's been able to rely on it comfortably until very recently. So now he's down to the same rations as the rest of the town, and he's not at all thrilled about it. This could be why he decided it was time to pack up and leave. <clears throat> Yay for editing. <laughs> So in addition to that, if you take a closer look at him, you can see that his clothing is finer than what the rest of the villagers are wearing. Some of them almost look like they're wearing rags, but his clothes, they're a nice color. They've got these fancy gold color you know, details on the end. I don't think it's necessarily made of gold, but it's got this like nice gold decorative you know, edging on it. And his boots are of a higher quality than what your character is wearing when he or she first encounters Mayor Hollis. So as you go towards that part of New Tristram, a villager who's standing nearby uh, that area calls out to you and she's angry she says don't you dare lift a finger to help our mayor fix his wagon my brother died defending this town while that bloated coward tried to run away obviously she's angry and she's got good reason to be uh, a couple of things with her statement this is the first time you hear uh, anything about mayor hollis and you hear him referred to as a coward this continues throughout a lot of his story the other interesting thing in the statement she made is she uses the phrase fix his wagon which is generally used like i'm gonna fix your wagon like i'm gonna beat you up or something but you know she's telling you not to it's a really weird choice of phrase um but the most important thing is what happened to her brother he must have been one of the newly recruited barely trained soldiers that are now defending new tristram from the undead and you know, it's easy to see why she's really mad at Mayor Hollis. He's the guy in charge, right? He's the guy that's living better than the rest of them. Even now, a little bit better than the rest of them are. And, you know, there aren't enough soldiers. He didn't do anything to get more. He's left it to Captain Rumford, who, as I talked about in a previous episode, wasn't really equipped to become a captain right then. There's not enough soldiers. The ones that are recruited are very inexperienced. Food is running out. The mayor didn't work on a solution for that. And the last time the town got attacked, the mayor was trying to sneak out of the town while the soldiers were putting themselves at risk to defend it. It's easy to see why she's angry. And overall, when you start, you first meet him, Mayor Hollis starts out as a completely unlikable character. There's nothing about this guy that sounds good at all. So, of course, since the villager said, you know, don't you dare help him, that's pretty much, a, you know, a giant arrow pointing directly at Mayor Hollis saying, go talk to this guy. So, of course, you do. And all of the player characters say something slightly different to him, but it can pretty much be summarized as move out of the way. His cart is blocking the entire path with all of his stuff on it. And his response to the, character, to the character is one of indignation. He says, how dare you speak to me like that? I am the mayor of this town. So this shows that, you know, in addition to be ac being accustomed to living a life of comfort, Mayor Hollis was used to having people show him a great deal of respect. He's offended that the player asked him to move his cart out of the way or maybe demanded it as though he were just another villager. He points out he's the mayor of the town and he's somehow still holding onto that title and he thinks the title has the power it used to before everything went bad. You know, your character could probably pretty much push him out of the way with little effort. And, you know, here's Mayor Hollis with no weapons or armor, assuming that you wouldn't dare because he's the mayor. Again, there's not much to like about this guy. So then the player characters in their own way each say something that indicates that, hey, they want to walk down that path that the cart is blocking. And, you know, uh, they ask him to move the cart out of the way. Mayor Hollis responds, are you mad? This town is doomed. Anyone with a grain of sense would be trying to get out. Will you help me or not? So now he's insulting you. You know, anyone with a grain of sense would be trying to get out, but here you are, you know what I mean? <laughs> trying to go in. So he's kind of insulting you and, or, or your character, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, the player character then responds with what amounts to a colorful, no, I won't help you, and calls Mayor Hollis a coward a word that keeps repeating in, in a reference to him as his story goes on. Now, there's diff you know, different characters say different things, but I like the way the barbarian phrases uh, his or her response to Mayor Ho Hollis when he asks, will you help me or not? The barbarian says, no, 
For now, the safest place for cowards is behind the gates. She didn't directly, he or she, didn't directly call him a coward, just noted that cowards should stay behind the gates. Takes him a minute before he gets that one, I'm going to guess. So later on, you know, you go, you do your questing. The player character comes back to New Tristram and finds that, hey, Mayor Hollis and his cart are no longer blocking the road. They're off to the side now, and you can get down that path and, you know, check out everything on that end of town and do this corresponding quest. When you talk to Mayor Hollis at this point, he says, So this is how it ends? They dragged my cart from the road. But for what? I can't get it repaired. Might as well dig a hole and die in it. Now who is this they he refers to? They dragged my cart from the road. We don't know. There's no way to know for sure who they was. But I like to think that, you know, right after your character ventured out of New Tristram to continue on his or her quest, a party of four barbarians came along and just promptly pushed the Mayor Hollis out of the way and his cart just right out of the way and then, you know, went on down to uh, check out the rest of the town. You know, I can see that happening very quickly without much pause, but, you know, you can imagine whatever you like because there's really no exact, you know, description of who they are. So your character again responds to Mayor Hollis and again, they all say it different. The barbarian one stands out to me. So, uh, you know, he, he ends his statement with, might as well dig a hole and die in it. The barbarian responds, and then you would rise as a shambling corpse and find my blade buried in your skull. You still live. Make the best of it. That's pretty dramatic. <laughs> it's a dramatic way of saying things. So I, it kind of, you know, stuck with me, I guess. Um, so that's the end of your whole correspondence with Mayor Hollis in Act 1. He doesn't appear in Act 2 at all, um, but he does show up in Act 3 inside of Bastion's Keep. He stands not too far away from where Miriam the Mystic is located. He's not right next to her, but he's in kind of that area, and he's also really close to that doorway where the demons come in. Well, one of the doorways where the demons come in, and there's a soldier standing there. So it's almost as though he's parked himself somewhere where he thinks a soldier might protect him. He's right next to where this guy is posted. Now, we don't know how he got there. We don't know exactly what former Mayor Hollis, which he's now called. He shows up as former Mayor Hollis in Act 3. So he's lost his title and he's left New Tristram, no longer a mayor. I don't know if he sees himself that way still, but if you look at him in game, it's former Mayor Hollis from this point on. So we don't know how former Mayor Hollis, Hollis got here. You know, we don't know what he experienced. We don't know what he saw. We don't know if he went by himself and somehow got here or if he got help from someone. We don't know, but here he is. And it seems that as this part, Act 3, goes on, whatever he saw on his way over, whatever he experienced, kind of caused him to grow up a little bit, as you'll see. So now when I went through this part of the game, I was playing a wizard, so I've got most of the responses here of, of the wizard's responses, but they will differ as you play different characters. I'm just going with this one for now. So the wizard goes over to former Mayor Hollis, and says, Ah, the cowardly mayor of New Tristram, what brings you to Bastion's Keep? And he responds, Cruel fortune has left me as a lowly merchant once again. So here's where we learn a little more of his backstory. Before he was a mayor of New Tristram, he was a merchant. And he describes that life as lowly. So either he really wasn't good at selling things and didn't make a lot of money, or, now that he's been a mayor, he sees his former life as a merchant as lowly. Like, poor and unhappy and not so good. It's it's not, you know, clear exactly how he, how he, uh, how he got to be a merchant, if it was something he just did, or if his, you know, family was. We don't know anything about his family at all whatsoever. As far as we know, this guy never married, doesn't have kids. Who knows, you know? I don't know if he grew up in New Tristram. It's really hard to say. But... You know, he, he was a merchant. He didn't start out rich. He didn't come from nobility. He didn't come from a rich family. So it's very interesting that he's so stuck on that title and that, you know, respect that he feels comes from the title alone coming up from a poor family. You know, you could almost see if he was nobility, he would feel as though he, he would have been you know, raised to think he's more important than everyone else. But that's not the case here. Which is kind of strange. But in any case, he used to be a merchant. His next response to the player character is, And now I'm minutes away from slaughter by the demonic hordes. Please escort me out of here. I will pay anything. I don't know where he's going to get the money to pay anything, but that's what he's promising, assuming that money is still like good enough to convince someone to 
you know, take him away from Bastion's Keep and pass the demonic hordes out there, I guess. You know, it's it's kind of, he's not quite grasped the reality of Sanctuary at this point in time. The wizard responds with, why would I do that? It's too much, it's much too entertaining watching you panic and pretty much, you know, leaves him there. <laughs> and there you are. It's like, nope, not helping you. And that's, you know, pretty much what the other characters will say as well, although not as colorfully as the wizard does. The next time there's a conversation with former Mayor Hollis is right before you're going to battle Gom or Gom. I've heard it pronounced both ways. The big giant fat demon in the larder. So you go to talk to former Mayor Hollis and he says, there's a terrible stench coming up from below. Oh no, what if demons have infested the larder? His words show that he knows what it's like to be unable to obtain enough food and he doesn't want to go through that again. So that's kind of an interesting, you know, he's not worried so much that there's a demon in the place. He's worried that the demon is going to infest the larder or that demons have already. He's starting to sort of get the reality of things a little bit more. The wizard responds, if you are so troubled, perhaps you should go investigate. And of course, it's the player character that goes investigating on their own or maybe with a follower or if you're with a group or something like that. The next time former Mayor Hollis has something to say is immediately after demons invade the keep, like a few steps away from where he's standing. If you look at him closely while this happens, uh, the guard yells something about demons invading the keep. It is that doorway sort of near where the mystic is and right where Mayor Hollis is standing. And you can see that the guards are starting to fight. And here's Mayor Hollis and he's kind of curling up into himself and he's covering his head with his hands. He's not a fighter. I mean, he doesn't have armor or a weapon. He's in a keep. I think he could have obtained one. Never did. Just kind of stood there. So now the demons are right next to him and he's just sort of curling up in a ball. And when that short battle ends, he says, You see, they can kill any of us at any time. I won't wait a second longer. I am leaving now. And he's preparing to run away again. Where will he go this time? I don't think he's worked that out yet. I think he's speaking from a place of fear at this point. I mean, that battle was right there on top of him. And if the player character hadn't been there, who knows what would have happened to him. So the wizard, of course, you know, doesn't think it's a good idea to, to go, you know, somewhere else right he's leaving now so the wizard says you would leave the safety of this keep to be exposed out there you're not only a coward you're a fool as well and so now we're back to coward and fool this sort of thing there's another short conversation between the player character and mayor hollis former mayor hollis later on and it's you know after the player finishes more quests and comes back in so if you're as you're going through act three in story mode it's a really good idea after you have completed a quest to go over and talk to former Mayor Hollis, because he may have some of this to say to you as it goes on, and then you can, you know, and catch it all yourself. So you go to talk to him, and he says, now's the time to run, isn't it? While there's a lull in the fighting. And the wizard said, who would know better when to flee than a coward like yourself? So this whole time, like, he's got the idea, okay, demons have overrun Bastion's Keep. Maybe he thought it was safe there, safer than New Tristram. Don't know how he got there, don't know what he saw on the way, but it took him until that battle was right next to him in the Keep for him to realize that, you know, this is serious, you know, it's, you need to run, because he's not a fighter. He doesn't know how to fight. I don't know how he got to, and I don't know why he has never learned that, but he hasn't, and he thinks the answer is to run away from, you know, the things that are a big problem. It's what he's been doing at least since he started being a mayor, or at least when, when he was a mayor and things started going bad. And then a change occurs. The next conversation, um, he's starting to wake up. He's starting to become a little bit braver. The next thing he says to the player character is, I am told you are going out onto the battlefield on your own. Is that wise? This is the very first time that former Mayor Hollis shows compassion and concern about the well-being of someone other than himself. He's worried that the player is going to get hurt or is going to get killed if he or she goes out there on their own. And he's trying to sort of warn them, you know, maybe that's not a good idea. And kind of in a strange way, he's finally absorbed some of what the player character has been trying to tell him all along, which is, you know, if you run out of, you know, the town or out of the keep you're not going to be very safe out there. That's a bad idea. He's finally kind of getting that. And he's not just sort of getting that for himself. He didn't just get that and, stay, and say, oh, I should stay here. He's got that and he's saying, oh, wait, you're going out there. That's dangerous. You know, 
he's getting somewhere. <laughs> it takes him a while, but he's getting there. So the wizard says, why don't you join me? And uh, former Mayor Hollis responds with, I am not a coward. I just want to live. And this is actually a big change from when we, you know, saw him in the first act. Before, his viewpoint was, might as well dig a hole and die in it. He had completely given up. Whatever struggle he went through on his way to Bastion's Keep has toughened him up a bit. A coward would have turned back to Neutristrum the first time he had to fight zombies. But here's, you know, former Mayor Hollis. He's in Bastion's Keep. He's survived a battle right next to him. He hasn't yet run, although he has wanted to very badly up to this point. And, you know, now he's saying instead of just giving up, you know, digging a hole and dying in it, he wants to live. And he's kind of saying two things with that. You know, he's no longer depressed and, you know just completely hopeless, thinking, I'll just die. The other thing is he just wants to live. He's no longer self-identifying as a mayor. He's left behind his belongings. He doesn't seem to miss what he had to let go of. All he wants now is a life. All he wants is to live. And that's a huge change from the character that was, you know, only a mayor in title alone back in New Tristram getting insulted because someone asked him to move his cart himself. You know, huge, huge change going on. The wizard, of course, doesn't necessarily acknowledge that change very quickly. I don't think the other player characters do because, sadly, uh, former Mayor Hollis kind of speaks in a manner that sounds very whiny and complainy even now. So the wizard responds with, you call it living, I call it groveling. You know, the player character is still seeing it as, you know, you just want to live like you're begging for your life. But it's it's more than that if you take a look at it from what's going on with this character. So the last conversation that occurs between former Mayor Hollis and the player character also shows a little bit more growth. He says, if ever there was a time to run, this would be it. But where would I run to? Maybe it is better to stay and fight for your life when the time comes. The light bulb has gone on for former Mayor Hollis. He's grasping why the soldiers fight off the demons who enter the keep and why they stay to do it, why the player character is going out to the battlefield all by themselves if needed. Maybe it's better to stay and fight for your life when the time comes. He's experiencing a moment of enlightenment, not only, you know, kind of looking at the world in a bigger way than he used to be able to do, but he's really grasped what's gone on with Sanctuary, what's gone on with the world around him, that it's not just going to go back. You can't just run somewhere and expect your problems aren't going to follow you. That's where he's at. He's evolving. This little NPC that was designed as a roadblock just to prevent players from running down the town and accessing things before they were, you know, finished some quests. He's got all this development going on. And the wizard, of course, responds and says, Hollis, I am shocked. One might think you a sensible person if you keep talking like that. So, you know, leave it to the wizard to give someone a snarky compliment. At the very moment, they show signs of becoming a better person. But that being said, I really can't imagine a more wizard-like way of acknowledging the changes in former Mayor Hollis. So, you know, before the wizard was calling him a fool and a coward. Now the wizard calls him a sensible person, or at least, you know, that someone might think he's one. So I guess that's some change in growth as well. And uh, after the player character has slayed Asmodon, you talk to former Mayor Hollis one more time. He doesn't have anything to say, but he's still there. And, you know, the wizard says, Hollis, you surprised me. You didn't run. And that's, you know, she doesn't call him a coward. She's not being snarky. He or she. I was playing a female character, so that's where I'm getting the pronoun from. But, um, you know, the, the, the wizard's not being snarky this time. They're not being, you know sarcastic they're not calling him names they're honestly saying hey look at you i'm proud of you in their own snarky kind of screwed up way but that's what they're doing and you know you can kind of see this character's gone from one that the player has every reason to hate to one that the player kind of admires for his growth and it's just a little npc i mean this is kind of a big deal that they went through the trouble of doing this even though probably most people will never notice so that's in there you know and, uh, you know, by the end, you kind of like the guy. And it's sort of bittersweet that you do, because he doesn't last much longer, sadly. Uh, when you get to Act 4, you go to talk to former Mayor Hollis, and there he lies on the ground. And standing next to him is a guard of the keep, who says, That fat merchant never ran, not even when he had a chance. I wonder why. So a couple of things are going on here. First, he says that fat merchant, which means when former Mayor Hollis got to Bastion's Keep, he was no longer identifying as the mayor. He told people he's a merchant. 
he went back to his roots. And so now everyone here just thinks he's a merchant. They have no idea that this guy was a mayor. He wasn't, you know, kind of hanging on to that identifier anymore. And the other thing is he says, I wonder why. And that's like good and bad. I mean, you know, he's wondering why he doesn't know what happened with, you know, former Mayor Hollis, but you do as the player. And on, you know, on the one hand, you know why he didn't run. You know, because he's grown and he's, you know, matured, he's become braver. He sees things differently. He doesn't want to be the person running anymore. He wanted to, you know, fight for your life when the time comes. And he did. And on the other hand, you are kind of the reason he needed to grow. You inspired him to grow. So it's, and you kind of like the guy now, so it's a bit bittersweet. But I thought it was an interesting enough little story, especially with all that character development, to bring to the lore corner. So that is going to be the end of this one. And I'll be back next time with a totally different character. Thanks for listening to this presentation of Dawnforge Productions, copyright 2016. Find us online at thedawnforge.com.